Welcome to the Empower Women in Menopause podcast with your girl, Trudy German. I'm an online personal trainer and wellness coach for women going through perimenopause. Over here, we talk about all things perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal, and how to thrive through this transition. We speak openly and candidly about what going through this change really consists of the good, the bad, the ugly, and we also dismiss a lot of the myths or all the myths and talk about how this change affects you mentally, emotionally, physically, and professionally. So let's get into this week's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, gorgeous. <laughs> I paused after the good morning because I was like, I don't know what time she's going to be listening to this, but it's clear I'm recording this in the morning. You know how I roll. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about three common menopause, sorry, three common perimenopausal symptoms. And I specifically corrected myself because they are not menopausal symptoms. They are perimenopausal symptoms. Remember, menopause is a moment. You don't know when you're going through menopause until you get there. <laughs> um, because uh, you have had to go on 12 consecutive months without a period. Boom. That's menopause. Everything after that is postmenopause. Everything else you are going through, the hot flashes, the hot flushes, the night sweats, the mood swings, the irregular period, the dr- everything else is perimenopausal. And I want us to get into the habit of using the correct terminology. So now that we've got that little housekeeping, oh, one more thing. So if I sound different, that's because I'm in a different area <laughs> recording this. So uh, yeah, just just thought I'd give you that just in case you're like, how come she sounds so different? So we're going to be talking about three common perimenopausal symptoms. Now I want, and of course, I'm going to tell you um, how to minimize and eventually and hopefully um, prevent them. Keep in mind that not because something is common, doesn't mean it is normal. I think so many of us, so many of you experience a lot of symptoms and because we hear of so many other women um, experiencing them, we think it's normal. It's not. They're just, it's common, right? So let's jump into it. So the first one, insomnia. And of course, you know, I love defining things. So just to make sure we're on the right page. So insomnia is basically you experience difficulties falling asleep and staying asleep. And sometimes this may happen whether you're going through perimenopause or not, because life does happen, stress happen. But this is a very common symptom that women going through perimenopause experience. A matter of fact, when I was doing some research, um, 75% of women experience this. Now, of course, you know that when you don't, that sleep is extremely important, right? When there's a lack of sleep, there's a drop in memory focus, attention span, you're moody, you're irritable. Everything um, irritates you. Everyone irritates you. Even someone breathing, you're thinking, do you have to breathe? <laughs> um, you know, you also, ex- the, your risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, health issues like stroke, your balance uh, increases. 
And of course, when you don't get enough sleep, it throws off your metabolism, right? Other things that, and of course, your metabolism is thrown off. The weight decides to pack on. And as we've all seen and we've discussed already, um, the weight tends to pack on, not in the legs, not in the booty, because I'm sure we would all be like, hey, I'll take it. It goes to our midsection, which is um, our stomach. So um, a few reasons why that happened. A few things I also want to touch on. Some other things that may happen, and there's a reason I'm touching on these because I feel that, and I've heard a lot of people say, I'll, I'll sleep when I die, <laughs> baby. Oh yeah, you will. But at the same time, not getting enough sleep, not getting good quality sleep can cause um, other health issues later down the line. For example, it may increase your risk of diabetes because your hormones aren't balanced. So you tend to reach for more processed foods that are higher in sugar and fat. And I know I've mentioned this in another podcast episode before. When we don't get enough sleep and I throw myself in there because there are days I don't get enough sleep. When you, when we, me, we, (laughs) we all in this together, baby. When we don't get enough sleep, it throws off our hormones that tell us when we're full and when we're hungry. When those are thrown off, what happens? So leptin is the hormone that tells us we're full. Ghrelin is the hormone that tells us we are hungry. So the one that's a leptin is complete. They're both thrown off, but leptin is at an all-time high. So that's why if you notice when you do not get enough sleep, you are hungry. You feel like a bottomless pit. You are eating more processed foods like pizza, you are craving salt, you are craving donuts, you are craving bagels, you are craving all of those things. And you you just kind of feel full for like 10 minutes and then you're back to it, right? So that's why it throws your metabolism off and increases your chances of getting fatter around the midsection. Um, It also may increase your risk of Alzheimer and dementia. Because when we sleep, when we get good quality sleep on a regular basis, remember it is what happens on a regular basis. So don't get four hours during the week. Then on the weekend, you try to catch up. You, 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 you don't work like that. <laughs> you can't cash it in like that. So, um, you know, when you consistently lack good quality sleep, it definitely increases your risk of, um, Alzheimer's and dementia. And of course we're at the point where it's like, which come first, the chicken or the eggs? It's, are we not, are we experiencing insomnia because our hot flashes, sorry, night sweats at night during night sweats? Or is it the other way? The bottom line is some of the reasons why you may be experiencing insomnia during perimenopause more, that is because there's a drop in estrogen and progesterone, right? And these are a lot of women also, when we start tracking and looking back, a lot of women were experiencing insomnia before they start experiencing other perimenopausal symptoms. It's just that we don't know. We didn't know. They don't know. So they weren't thinking about it. They just probably think it was stress or just life. And those things definitely happen. So part of the reason or some of the reasons you may be experiencing insomnia, it's uh, 
you're experiencing night sweats. So we've discussed that already. You get up in the night, um, you are dripping in sweat and that makes it hard to go back to sleep. It could also be stress. You know, at this stage, there's so many of you who are kind of like the sandwiching parent, I like to say. You're parenting your parents. You're also parenting children, whether they're teens. Um, you may also be going through life changes like, you know, a divorce. You may also be going through changes in your career because there's so many things that may be happening. I've had friends around me where they've gotten promotion, uh, promotions at their job while they're going through perimenopause and the stress of a new role and dealing with life and family, they would get up, they couldn't sleep at night. So this could be a few things happening. You know, you're stressed about life. You're just stressed. Life, as, I, as we've all heard, life be lifing. So those things may definitely keep you up at night. So a few things that you can do to help you um, sleep through the night at night if you're experiencing insomnia during perimenopause is, of course, work out during the day. I know you've heard this before from me, but working out during the day, getting some exercise, whether it's lifting weights, going for a walk, swimming, it definitely helps because it tires you out so you can sleep better at night. Just pay attention to your body. If you find that working out later in the day um, keeps you up at night, then you want to start working out earlier because I know I experienced that myself in the summer months. You know, when I was working out at like 4.35, I would go to sleep at 10, 11, but come 2, 3 a.m., I would be wide awake, right? Because working out too late in the evening was throwing off my circadian rhythm, which is the natural sleep slight sleep cycle. <laughs> um, I've, and I've had clients where they can work out at 6, 7 p.m. and they go to bed at 10 and they are completely knocked out for the next day. So pay attention to your body and what works best for you and do it. And also try to get some sun in the day. And I'm recording this in December in Toronto. And if you live in Toronto or Canada or some some parts of the US or anywhere where you experience <laughs> winter, you know getting sun is, is tough. Because first of all, when the sun does come out, we don't want to be out in it. Um, and if, and there are times we don't see the sun. So see if you can get some sun in because getting natural sun in the days, it helps to regulate your circadian rhythm, which help with sleep. And remember your circadian rhythm is your natural sleep wake cycle. So you want to do as much as you can to keep that balanced. You're here because you're a woman currently going through perimenopause, right? You feel lost, confused, you're constantly tired, moody, anxious, and grumpy. You don't recognize yourself, but you want to feel vivacious. You want to feel energetic. You want to feel sexy and happy, right? You want to feel like yourself again. Well, if this is you and you're ready to start feeling like you again, while going through perimenopause, then I am definitely here to help you with that. Let's schedule a free consultation to and let's chat and see how I can help you. Just go ahead and check the description below and the link is there.
Another common uh, perimenopausal symptom is fatigue. (laughs) And I purposely emphasize that because I know this one for sure. And I know so many of you ladies who follow me on Instagram, who follow me on TikTok, who we are connected with on Facebook. This is another symptom a lot of you complain about. Feeling lethargic, feeling tired. You feel like you can't function. You feel like you are just walking around like a zombie. Like your energy level is so low. You feel fatigued. You just can't get anything done because you have no energy, but you still got to do life. You still got to go to work. You still got to pay the bills. You got, you still got a life. So of course, part of the reason you may be experiencing low energy, you know, feeling lethargic could be the lack of sleep. We just spoke about insomnia, right? So of course, when you don't get enough sleep, you have no energy. You're not getting enough oxygen to the brain estrogen remember estrogen is a sex hormone but it does other things we know of it mostly as a sex hormone but it it's also responsible for bringing oxygen to the brain so when you're going through perimenopause your estrogen level is dropping so you're not getting as much oxygen to the brain so that may be one of the reasons why you are feeling lethargic and this is another symptom that i have mentioned that a lot a lot of women experience A few other things that may contribute to you feeling lethargic and tired during perimenopause, it could be you're not eating enough. I know. (laughs) So you may see the fat coming around your belly and you're like, I want to lose the fat and I'm going to start having less. You start having less and less calories. Of course, when you're not having enough food, you are not going to have enough energy because everything we do require energy. When we sleep, we also require energy to sleep. Something else that may leave you feeling lethargic is intermittent fasting. And I know I have spoken about this before um, in another podcast episode where I spoke about cortisol level, your stress hormone. I know a lot of us think, hey, you know, we want to lose belly fat around this time. Let's do intermittent fasting because our favorite influencer who is in her 20s has done it and it worked or we did it 10, 15, 20 years ago. If you're going through perimenopause, please, I am asking you not to participate in intermittent fasting uh, for an extended period. I fast occasionally for spiritual reasons, but um, it's not something that I do on a regular or for extended period because I know at this stage it can definitely elevate my cortisol level. It will elevate your cortisol level. And remember, when your cortisol level stays high, it is telling your body, let's store fat. Let's store fat (laughs) as opposed to burning fat. So you definitely don't want to be doing that. Something else that may um, may be happening is you may be having too much processed food. Crappy food have us feeling crappy. <laughs> crappy food have us leaving feeling crappy, low on energy. So if you're having too much processed food, too much fast food, too much cake, too much pizza, too much of those things that aren't healthy, then you may also be low on energy. 
right? So something I want you to also bear in mind where not eating enough can also have other consequences. It can, um, you know, affect your sleep because you're not getting enough energy, which you're not getting enough energy to sleep. And of course, insomnia is a common perimenopausal symptom. Not eating enough may also increase the stress on your thyroid. I am definitely going to do a podcast episode where I talk about the thyroid and the per- the role it plays. Because when this, if you're, if you start stressing the thyroid, um, gland what's going to happen is it's going to mess up your metabolism and remember we need our metabolism to be balanced if we want to burn fat and stay healthy and have have energy at this stage and also not eating enough may lead to you know like hair loss so some of the things that you can definitely do if you find that you are consistently tired it's like you can hardly function when you get on the couch you don't want to get up is move your body. You know I was going to say that. And this is something I know from personal, my own personal experience. Because there's part of, one of the reasons I work out early mornings is if I don't get my workout in early mornings, I find I am lagging to start my morning. I am lagging to get my day going. And I've experimented with this. And, you know, at one point I thought, oh, it was just because my cycle was closed or I was on my cycle, but I've played around with it. And it's like the mornings I don't get movement in, whether I go to the gym or I work out at home. Getting through the day is a hot, I am a hot mess. It is such a challenge. It is such a battle for me because my energy level, it is so low. But the minute I get some physical movement in, whether it's putting on my a song and dancing for five minutes, whether it's going out for a, outside for a walk in the summer in Toronto, of course, whether it's doing some stretches, because even on Sundays, Sundays are my rest day, but I still have to get like five minute movement in. And I used to feel guilty because I was like, okay, but this is supposed to be my rest day. But even though it's the rest day, I still have things to do. I still have to meal prep. I still got to go to church. I still got to do things. And it would be like, I would literally have no energy. So definitely, definitely get movement in. You also want to make sure that you are having healthy meals. Did I do an episode about how to eat (laughs) during perimenopause? I sure did. But let's just recap real quick. You want to have half of your plate being carbs, healthy carbs, fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, all of that. Quarter of it to be protein. And the next quarter to be pro to be fat, sorry, healthy fat and lean protein, because food gives us energy. When we're eating good quality food, it's gonna give us energy. It's gonna have us running like a smooth car, baby, that just got a tune-up. So you definitely want to make sure that you're doing that. Movement is very, very, very important, right? And as I previously mentioned, see what works best for you, what time of day getting your workout in. And when I mean movement, I saw this meme once on, um, I think it was Instagram or Facebook, some social media platform. And I laughed so much because I agreed with it because they're like, exercise gives you energy. 
<laughs> but to exercise, you need energy, right? This is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and it really is because I know when you feel like you can't get up, when you feel like I can't even move my body right now, I am so tired, I have no energy and you want me to go work out? No, I don't want you to go work out when you feel like that. I want you to get up and go for a walk. I want you to get up and have a glass of water slowly. Please do not gulp the water when you feel like this. I want you to get up and have something healthy to eat. As a matter of fact, I want you to start your day with these things so it doesn't get to the point where you feel lethargic and so tired during the day where you can't function. Because as I mentioned before, it has happened to me. I have done it. And that's one of the reasons I'm in the gym at 5.30, 5.45, 6 a.m. or working out at home at 7 a.m. before I start my day because I realize the ricochet effect it has on my day, my productivity, and everything. And that feeling of feeling so fatigued where it's like, I know I have things to do, but the couch, it's just, you just feel like you're wasting time and you're thinking about it, but it's like even thinking is using energy that you don't have. So definitely, definitely make sure you start incorporating movement, having water regularly throughout the day. And of course, having healthy balanced meal, half of your plate carbs, which um, the carbs should be leafy greens, fiber, fruits, vegetables, something like that. Next quarter, healthy fat and lean protein. And a third common but not normal symptom of um, perimenopause is dry skin, dry, itchy skin. I don't know if you were surprised about this one, but I was surprised about this one when I started experiencing it. So, <laughs> It would start with my ear, like my ear would itch so much, so bad. It was, it was really embarrassing. And sometimes I would be out <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way I can itch my ear in public. People are going to be looking at me like, ew, you nasty, you gross. Cause that's how I feel. And that's how I would be looking at someone. Cause to me being out in public and scratching, digging your ear, you know, having your finger in your eardrum, it's like that that's equivalent to being out in public and picking your booger. Ew. <laughs> but that's how I would feel. And then I remember sometimes I would shower and when I get out the shower, oh my gosh, my skin would be so dry. I would be itching. It sometimes it got to the point where I wanted to cry and I'm like, what is going on? And along with the dry skin, um, of course, the dry nails, the brittle hair, I went through that stages. So if you're experiencing some of these symptoms, you may be perimenopausal. And I use the word maybe because remember, I am not a doctor. Um, and some of these symptoms may be similar to other things. So definitely get it checked out. So if you find that you're experiencing dry skin, dry hair, dry nails, that's because estrogen helps to stimulate collagen and elastin, right? So we know those are really important to keeping the skin soft and subtle and have them looking younger, right? So progesterone helps to stimulate the oil gland in your skin. 
And of course, when progesterone and estrogen starts to decrease because you're going, because we are going through perimenopause, then the oil gland is going to drop. Um, skin starts sagging. That's why some of us start getting wrinkles. And what also happens is we start experiencing the dryness, the dry hair, the dry skin. So a few things that you can definitely do. What also happened is um, estrogen helps to regulate the body to retain water. So if we're not retaining, once again, estrogen level is dropping. So we are unable to retain as much water. So this is another reason that, you know, all those things that can become dry during perimenopause. So of course, some of the things that you definitely want to make sure that you are doing is drink your water and mind your business. I just had to throw the mind your business part in, <laughs> but you definitely want to make sure you are staying hydrated. You notice how some of these things are reoccurring here, you know, drinking water, eating clean, um, getting movement in. See how these things are important, not just for losing belly fat, but for other symptoms like treat helping with insomnia, helping with us feeling fatigue, helping with us experiencing dry skin during perimenopause, right? So as I did mention before that a lot of these symptoms are common, but they are not normal. When I say they're not normal, it's we experience them because of our lifestyle. And the more stressful our lifestyle is, and once again, stress or the more unhealthy our lifestyle is, and health isn't simply about um, you know eating clean and working out. It's how you're managing your stress, how much sleep you're getting, um, how you incorporating movement. There's so many elements, and at this stage, so many things can affect us. You know, so definitely make sure that you're incorporating these things on a regular movement, getting sunshine. If you can, drinking your water, having healthy, balanced meal, you know, of course, getting enough water will definitely help alleviate hot flashes and night sweats. So let's start with these things. And then some of your, a lot of your symptoms should drastically reduce or eliminate, be eliminated, right? So go ahead and comment below <laughs> if you experience any of these symptoms, which of them you may experience, if any, and if not, which ones you actually experience, because I really want to know. All right. Enjoying the episode. And as I've mentioned before, my goal is to empower women in menopause. And by you sharing this episode with other women, you know, like share it on your stories, then you will definitely be helping me help other women. So go ahead and share it on your stories. And please, please, when you share it, don't forget to tag me at Train With Trudy. Until the next episode, have a fabulous one.